we are looking at resilience in the workplace today. So in the podcast, we're exploring a broad sweep of the world of work with the pandemic still upending the way we work, live and play. Resource Solutions podcast will explore areas as diverse as mental health, HR policy, resilience, employment law and diversity and inclusion amongst some of our topics. I'm Norma Gillespie, Managing Director of Resource Solutions, Operations in EMEA and the US. Today I'm joined by Natalie Hall and Finella Fine, the two co-founders of WiseWell, an organisation dedicated to consulting on well-being and leadership development programmes and providing organisations with executive coaching and mentoring programmes. Natalie is an accredited executive and leadership coach specializing in emotional intelligence, resilience and well-being coaching for leaders and organizations. Finella is a leadership consultant specializing in purpose-driven leadership, inclusivity and well-being. Finella is also an accredited executive coach with a master's in organizational behavior with thousands of coaching hours under her belt. So welcome to you both. Thank you for joining me today. So we're going to be talking about resilience um, and our way of managing that through a, a very uncertain time and challenging time at the minute. So I think to start with, if we could start to look at working culture. So I know before setting up Risewell, Natalie, you were a mergers and acquisitions partner at Deloitte and worked in the professional services industry for 18 years. Vanella, you had a City career as a corporate lawyer for Slaughter and May and Linklaters, and also portfolio manager at JP Morgan. So you both know more than most how it is to work in a high energy, high pressure work culture. So why do you feel it's important to start any conversation about resilience by looking at workplace culture? Thank you, Norma. So we're really delighted to be part of your podcast series. Um, so I think resilience has been obviously a topic on the minds of business leaders and psychologists and coaches like ourselves for a long time. But I don't know about you, but we've definitely found that it's become much more a part of the kind of everyday language in the last year. You know, everyone's talking about resilience. And, and I think if we just go to kind of, you know, what is what do we mean by resilience? Well, we mean by the kind of the ability for an individual or a team to bounce, bounce back, you know, and, and the ability to maintain high performance and positive well-being in the face of kind of adverse situations. Um, and so what kind of, given what many of our clients are facing in terms of kind of continued disruption to business norms and financial pressures, you know, they need their leaders and teams to dig deep and find new levels of resilience to get through this situation. But, the, the, but fundamentally, the workplace culture needs to support this, and it can't just be about individuals finding that strength in themselves. Yeah, I mean, we, we, um, we're always talking about contagious behavior when it comes to culture. So, so there, are, there are two parts to this. There's what do you want your culture to be? You want a values-led culture. What, what, what is a culture of, of well-working, people being engaged at work, people performing well, but also people being supported to not experience um, as much stress and anxiety, particularly in, in the current time. But also, how does your leadership... Um, feed down those behaviors so they they need to live those values as leaders but they also need to feed them down to the team so um so and, and i think that's really difficult for leaders at the moment you know as we're seeing whole organizations working remotely um how do you create that cohesive culture and those leadership behaviors when you're just not getting those uh that those the whole team working when you're not getting the same face-to-face -face engagements those micro connections uh, you know that would be happening in the office just aren't happening 
Yeah, and I think, you know, from a resource solutions perspective, it's definitely something that we've been focused on. We've had to move, you know, the majority of our operations to working from home within the space of 48 hours. And that includes, you know, clients where we've got people on site with clients as well. So I know connectivity has really been at the forefront of, you know, what I've looked at specifically in terms of um, how we're engaging with our employees. And I know we set up a number of listening forums. We're doing quarterly pulse checks as well to make sure that we're really listening to what people want to hear and what they need to see. Um, you know, in terms of, I know one of the reports I looked at for Mercer quoted 61% of people trust their employees to look after the well-being, But in reality, there's only 29% of HR leadership that actually have a strategy in place to support um, as well. So I suppose, you know, from your perspective then, what does this mean for organisations? So, uh, you know, what, what we believe is most important for organisations is to, is to connect with the idea that thriving at work, that having people working well is a combination of that, of that compassionate, emotionally intelligent leadership high performance it's about feeling good but it's also about performing you know at your best as a as an individual and as, a, and as an organization and and teams that feel well that are able to operate effectively safely in a in a kind of in a healthy way um, and and those three concepts are intertwined i think they're sometimes taken individually but but they can coexist um you know that means leaders need to um demonstrate compassion to themselves their their role models for their employees they need to lead empathetically they need, need to manage the whole person Person, you know, there's a place for um, for organisational, but also individual interventions. Um, so prioritising well-being at the heart of the team culture, but but also recognising, and this is something we believe in really passionately, that it's not just about providing, you know. Uh, one-off workshops or lunch and learns or, or kind of bowl of fruit type interventions but really looking um, at well-being as a cultural intervention as a strategic intervention something that um, that drives not just employee well-being but also performance for the for the organization and so it's not a PR activity or a reward benefit it's, it's absolutely key across the organization. It's, that's really interesting. Just in terms of, I know you touched on vanilla authentic leadership. Um, and do you think that's really important in terms of as a manager, you know, how difficult this gets that you actually share with your teams, how it's maybe personally affecting you as well as a leader? Or do you think that's more people should keep that to themselves and think more about the team? Uh, that's a really good question. So we're, we're actually working with an organisation at the moment, a tech organisation that's worked um, moving completely online so they will no longer be having a face-to-face -face space and um and and for them it's really important to think about how how does that feed into the culture how do we want our leaders to show up how open do we want them to be we want people to be open emotionally honest authentic but you also don't want people learning you know all over all over everything and 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 sharing things that they for example might not feel afterwards comfortable having shared so for them we're looking at uh, creating a culture that 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 incorporates all of those values, but then also running a leadership program for their um, their kind of middle, their kind of emerging leaders and emerging and established leaders to look at how how do we want to show up? How can we be authentic in a way that is safe and comfortable for us, but really really impactful for the people who work for us? And and I think I suppose just to add to what Fanal was saying, I think part of that journey for that leadership team is exploring kind of 
across a range of topics you know what what are their viewpoints what are their beliefs and what do they you know what do they want their culture to look like and then exploring their own boundaries about what they're prepared to share because I think you're right Norma to raise the point around you know we don't it just it's not necessarily about everybody sharing everything but I suppose it's understanding how you're showing up and what that might translate to in terms of your team um, you know we've seen good and bad examples of that across you know across a number of the organizations we're working for um, and you know and, and fundamentally I think <clears throat> undoubtedly having someone who having a leader who kind of prioritizes their own well-being and demonstrates that and role models that kind of boundaries is really healthy <clears throat> and, and a leader like that will also have you know higher engagement from their team higher retention and ultimately has a team that performs highly and profitably without getting to that point of burnout and, and I think that we believe very strongly that that's an, you know it's important that that comes top down yeah absolutely and i think just as you touched on earlier as well the longer hours the the fact that people are working from home i know in my world it feels like people are actually working longer hours now than what they were in the workplace it feels like it's starting earlier finishing later that doesn't feel you know especially from you know some instances that those boundaries are really set in place so I suppose on that note then what supports and detracts in from your side in terms of having a resilient team um, you know we talk all the time about kind of contagious leadership behaviors and, and you know just to give you a small example of that um, you know we, we're seeing as you say rightly say number complete erosion in um, work-life balance at the minute because the, the lines are so blurred you know if your if your laptop's open on, on you know on your kitchen table um, you know are you available for work for that you know 24 7 and you know an example of that was um, something that we recently saw um, where we had you know a senior business leader who um, was trying to kind of work flexibly and balance family life as we you know as many of us are at the minute but what what he was choosing to do was to kind of clear his inbox on a Sunday morning now that worked for him and it worked and it meant that he could be available to his family through the week but clearly there was you know unintended consequences of that such that you know the the 50 people receiving emails from him on a Sunday then felt the pressure actually that I, I need to be responding because this, this individual is very senior and, and this is what our culture is about and I think that's what you know Fenella and I are you know really trying to champion is is you know helping leaders understand their own resilience levels their own boundaries but also the, the consequences of some of the decisions they make as well and, and how that how those kind of small indications are actually the things that are driving culture yeah just to add to that i think i think that's why a fundamental part of of the work that we we encourage our clients to do is looking at the individual needs of their organization of their people so uh you know the, the for example you taking the, the the quarterly pulses is really important because in your organization uh somebody might want to get a head start on on their work you know it might work for your cohort or for your team to get a head start on your work but other people will be saying actually if they if that works for that partner to um write his emails on a sunday but he then programs them to send at 5am on a monday that is equally very stressful for me so what does your team actually want because each uh, each each person has different needs and 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 we need to create a culture whereby not every single individual's needs are always met that's just not going to be realistic and possible but where um where everybody is enabled to have this these open conversations about what their needs are and 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 the leaders understand that and 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 that communication is ongoing and and i know you sort of you've mentioned in terms of you guys put together you know the leadership development programs the cultural think tanks i was just wondering if you could expand on that in a little bit more detail how that actually resonates for clients and what it means to them 
one of the things that we're looking at currently is for, for a client is a culture think tank and the, the key the key part so the key ask from from the client's perspective is um what they really want to do is get get really clear on, on what their values are and how that's going to drive behaviors and i think that's something that both Fanella and i ascribe to is that it's okay having a set of values that lives on a website um somewhere but fundamentally if you want that to be better in the culture you have to look at behaviors and so that what we're doing what we're doing there is um a process of um sentiment surveys of of the of all staff and then we're taking that i suppose that um that information um running a series of groups such that we can kind of really start to extract some kind of rich the more rich examples um and then moving to a management think tank where we're going to be brainstorming and and you know looking at ways in which um you know what people are saying are important to them and what the organization should be prioritizing but how is that playing out into those executives kind of day-to-day -day working lives so it's a bit it's an end-to-end -end process that we're running there we're hoping to run the second part there fantastic and i suppose moving on from there then in terms of you know in your experience then who do you think i suppose ahead of the curve in this who's doing it well I think we, we, we've definitely seen a shift, I think, both in, in the recruitment space in which you are putting on, and I'd love to hear your perspective on it, but also kind of within law firms and professional services firms who really want to engage on the topic of workplace culture and leadership resilience. You know, it, it isn't an easy fix, you know, and requires quite a deep exploration into both how you kind of reward your leaders as well, your organisational values and the lived experience of the, of the people who work there. You know, because fundamentally, um, you've really got to get get leaders bought into the process of looking at their own behaviors and and how that might translate into kind of the culture of the team and actually sometimes it's sometimes it's a bit of carrot and stick approach you, you do need to therefore then look at how you appraise people and is there a you know living the cultural values part of of someone's kind of annual appraisal or performance metrics you know that's something that we've seen you know debated quite heavily um and fundamentally, if you don't have an alignment between kind of how you re reward people and the lived experience of, of the workforce, it's really difficult to advance the conversation about kind of how well-being, resilience and profitability can coexist. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the key things for me personally was to start to hold those emails as well. So as opposed to sending them, trying to hold them until the Monday morning or not at night time to send them you know the next day um because it does create that culture of people are constantly checking then aren't they as well and mm. i know from the surveys and the conversations that we've had it's so easy to fall into that just working all day at your desk without having any breaks so some of the things that you know we've instilled is no meetings between one to two o'clock you know people are absolutely fine to do their emails or do what they want to do but it's actually having that ability to step away from the desk and actually eat without being in front of the computer and you know look at um, we've looked at 45 minute meetings as well just to give that ability to try and become more concise but also to give people that break in between because you do miss i suppose from being in an office even the ability to even go to different floors or different meetings or meet with different people um and you know from a team perspective in terms of sort of the surveys that we've conducted it was so much 
push just around authentic communication as well that really came through both from an EMEA and US perspective was you know it's more communication we use um, Facebook for work so that's been a really good tool for us to be able to talk to individuals just in terms of you know the cultural conversations um, different updates from a business perspective as well and it also gives the opportunity for people to ask questions and start to interact as well so that's been you know it's been a real push on from a, a from a resource solutions perspective and so sorry don't may, if i may ask a question to those on your um workplace facebook tool and um, you know how, how how do you kind of keep that um i suppose keep it positive because i, I know that that's some of that that can be a challenge as well can't it in terms of you know with a lot of kind of employee surveys and employee forums that um sometimes like you know it ends up being a form of which you know you know the complaints build and build and actually you know what's what's the tone you take on on there to kind of ensure that you know it stays productive i suppose is a question really rather than positive so it's really interesting actually because i think in the initial when we um introduced it a couple of years ago uh there was you know what's really built for me is the fact that there is um the ability to add photos so people use it from a team perspective um and we did get a couple of comments in the earlier days where people were quite negative um and that was more about the manager having one-to-one -one conversations about going through a different route to those conversations but on the whole it's really really positive in terms of what teams have used that for is to promote their teams so they're promoting each other where they've got you know incentives in place or they've hit targets they'll show photos we have our charity day in october and it was just all full of you know all of the different initiatives that the teams were doing albeit it was remote um <clears throat> But it's really used as a forum for people to show the good work they've done. And it has remained, you know, it's, we've seen the increase in usage through lockdown really increase because that's an easy way for people to connect to each other. And, you know, we also host, um, I do sort of these show and tell sessions as well. So it's drop-in sessions with all parts of the business so that they can talk about, you know, if you sit within commercials, you talk to the rest of the business about what does that actually mean to work at Resource Solutions? within a commercial department and people can log in be a part of that and they've actually been able to connect more in the wider business as opposed to just I suppose the functions that they sit in as well so I definitely you know from a recommendation perspective I think it's been absolutely groundbreaking from a resource solutions um, viewpoint and I'd say you know the teams talk about it a lot as well in terms of when we're doing those pulse checks that it's a great forum you can download it anywhere in the world as well so we've got that global connectivity as well but people also have their own groups for their own client site that they might be on or their own function as well i think it's i think it's it sounds amazing and it's it's such a good uh, a, a good reminder um that connecting for a purpose is really important so it it reminds me of something that um, that we've done with a hedge fund, which is around a, uh, a, a very specific intervention rather than a full cultural intervention where um, we had fitness and nutrition, stress management activities, and then a Slack group that went along with that and the whole uh, team at this hedge fund encouraging each other from home on their, you know, on their well-being, on driving their, their fitness and their, and their well-being drives their resilience, of course. And, and and allowing people that opportunity to to connect because you know after all it's all about connection isn't it and and 
and that's the thing that's been so hard for us to get recently yeah and i think you know i suppose one of the other things that we've done is we've um we've tried to make a friday more of a wellness day as well so that the activities and it started to build as well so you've got people that have just generally got meetings all day and they can't connect into maybe some of the you know the meditation activities or just the general well-being and resilience courses that we run but you've seen over time that people you know the momentum starts and then more people start to engage and engage and it's seen as you know friday's our wellness day so it's getting you ready for the weekend as well is there anything just from your side then in terms of what you would recommend? I think that, you know, it's really important that you understand kind of the pain points in, in, in your team. So, you know, what's causing the stress and strains in the working culture? You know, what small changes can you, can you make? Because, you know, actually it's not, sometimes it's not about kind of whole scale new programs. It's about just thinking a little bit about, okay, so what behaviors are really causing kind of anxiety and stress in the team and what can we do to support them? Um, and it's also, I suppose, thinking a little bit around, okay, so what do you kind of um, prioritise and reward in, in the organisation? Are those, are those the same behaviours that are causing the stresses and strains? So is there alignment? Um, and I think as well, like, you know, the, the process of um, listening to your teams and understanding um, perspective will also help you identify where the microcultures are. Because like you say, you, might have, you may have an overall sense of, okay, this is, this is how we work. But actually, it, it's, you know, within smaller teams and those leadership to behaviours that, that drives kind of how those teams work. Um, you know, as we said at the beginning, there's no easy answer to some of this, but I suppose using your collective brain, running forums, asking employees what they need and what has worked well in the past um, can bring to light really great ideas and, and does really help people to feel heard. And I think that's, you know, again, back to the point that Fionn was making around, you know, the, the, the communication is, is open communication is really key. I think every every organisation that we go into where there are cultural issues, where there's a lot of stress, um, you know, we've all we've all worked in or with organisations like that, um, or that have that you know have some of those elements. Every situation like that is driven by a, a lack of of open communication. And so, if you can solve the communication piece, whether it's through uh, surveys, wholesale programs, whether it's through post taking, whether it's through forum, um, you know, whether whether it you know very importantly is through empowering and and teaching your leaders and managers to have those frequent conversations more important than ever now. Um, how, however that happens, it's just really, really important that, that a fundamental part of your culture um, is, is open communication, but that goes both ways, up and down. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you. It's been an absolutely fascinating discussion and there's certainly enough here to keep us talking for hours. So thank you to both Natalie and Finella and to everyone who's tuned in. You can find out more about Natalie and Finella's organisation RiseWell on risewellco.com. And you can find out more of our podcasts on our website, resourcesolutions.com. Thank you both. Thanks so much. Thank you, Norma.